Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Balzano, Italy, with my new friend Keisha Welt of KrampusCurious.com. Keisha first visited the South Tyrol region in 2015 and loves the region's abundant agriculture, stunning mountain views, and Christmas markets. Her company offers custom itineraries and fully guided tours for the best Krampus experiences in Germany, Austria, Czechia, and Italy. In this episode, Keisha and I talk about celebrating Krampus at the local Christmas markets, visiting Otzi the Iceman, a 5,300-year-old mummy at the South Tyrol Museum of Archaeology, and enjoying the Christmas lights and ice sculptures at Lake Carreza. You hear about these three amazing experiences and so much more. If you know someone interested in visiting Italy, I'd love it if you shared the episode with them. The show notes and our one-page guide to Keisha's tips are available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Bolzano. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Acorns is one of my favorite apps because it helps me invest spare change automatically. Every time I make a purchase with a registered debit or credit card, the transaction is rounded up to the next dollar. Then, Acorn invests these roundups in my personalized portfolio. Plus, when you shop at participating retailers or service providers, you can earn additional found money to invest in your future. Examples of current and previous partners include DoorDash, Liberty Mutual, Macy's, and FedEx. I've been using Acorns for years and love how much money I've saved up from all these small investments. Sign up using my referral link at wetravelthere.com forward slash acorns to start saving today. Hey, Keisha, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lee. I'm thrilled to be here. Today, we're talking about a place that I think a lot of people that are listening have never heard of before, but it's called Bolzano, Italy. And it's kind of like in um, the Tyrol region, like more like the, the northern part of Italy. Is that correct? That's correct. It's just south of the Austrian border. It's an interesting region of Italy because it's mostly German-speaking. And the first time I went there, I, that kind of caught me by surprise. Yeah, I wouldn't. Obviously, there's Germans everywhere in the world, but I wouldn't think that I would be speaking German in Italy. Exactly. It does catch you by surprise. So in fact, every town, including Bolzano, has a German name, which is Bozen. Oh, interesting. Now, when you when you originally reached out to me, obviously, I love to learn about cities and everything like that. But one of the things that really caught my eye was talking about Christmas markets. So we'll, we'll go into this a little bit further. But that's one of the things I love so much about Europe is that Around the holidays, there's all these Christmas markets in, in some of these, you know, these cities around the around Europe, and it, especially as a as a father, just being in that environment of like celebrating Christmas and having these markets, stuff like that, it's just like a heartwarming feeling. It is absolutely magical at Christmas time, and I think this area people don't think of Italy when they think of Christmas markets. They think of Germany and they think of Austria. But because, as we discussed, this German culture exists very strongly in northern Italy, the traditions of the Christmas markets are very strong. And you're in the Alps, and it just is magical because you're more likely to have snow and just the winter spirit. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, I mean, I love that some American cities are starting to adopt the whole Christmas market uh, mentality during during the holidays, but... Nowhere near enough. I I can't get enough. <laughs> can't get enough of Christmas. Yeah, Europe really does it pretty pretty special. We haven't caught up yet in the U.S. Right on. I, I know you have a business around it. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But and you're based here in the U.S. Like, so how did you get 
into like the Balzano area? And how did you start your business that kind of revolves around this whole Christmas market phenomenon? Well, that's two different answers. Um, The first is I discovered South Tyrol in 2015. I have friends who are really passionate about food and wine and um, we're avid walkers and we were looking for a place to vacation as a family that would offer those components and South Tyrol was strongly recommended. And we went there on a family vacation in 2015 and sadly did everything wrong. The trip was a bit of a disaster, but it was still such a beautiful place that like, we just had to work through it. And I think that is where I started the seeds of my business idea of helping people to not make the same mistakes that we made. And we can talk about that as, you know, as we go through this. But the other component, of course, is my passion for Christmas markets. And in 2018, I traveled to Germany and Austria and had my first experience visiting Krampus, um, visiting Christmas markets and discovering the Krampus, which we can talk about later. Krampus is a very fun and cool aspect of many Christmas markets. Absolutely. Well, before we get into all the details of the South Tyrol and Bolzano and and the Christmas markets and everything like that, let's take a step back. As far as, like you said, it's kind of Northern Italy, Southern Austria. How do we actually get to the Bolzano area? Okay. It's it's definitely going to take a little bit of work and it's going to take a little bit of time. From the United States, the best way, in my opinion, is to fly into Munich or to fly into Venice or Milan. Those are the biggest international airports. But then you still are going to have a three to four hour train trip to get to the town of Bolzano, which I think is really the hub of South Tyrol and the launching point to explore the Dolomites or the Dolomites depending on if you're speaking Italian or German, and <laughs> and also just all of the near, nearby towns. Okay. So I know in, in Europe, a lot of times they have like the, the small flights, like a Ryanair and everything like that to go to small areas. So the only way to really kind of get to Bolzano is to take a train, which I think is perfect anyways, because I love being able to take trains and much faster. You don't have to worry about TSA and all the airport security and everything like that. And the trains in Europe are, are very efficient and, and very regimented as far as their time. So I think that's actually probably a, a better way to go anyways, right? It's a great way to go. It's really convenient. And it's just also a nice way. I think if you're flying international, you have the overnight flight, you're jet lagged, you're exhausted. You spend a night in the city where you arrive, say Munich, for example. And then the next day you hop on the train in a four-hour train ride, you're in Bolzano. So it's very convenient. And I mean, you don't even have to switch trains. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. So, you know, obviously in American culture, you know, we're used to like driving cars everywhere we go and those type of things. So if we take the train then from one of these airports and and get to Bolzano, and you talk about, you know, a lot of the smaller towns that are kind of surrounding that, like how do we get around Balzano? And then also, how do we get to some of these other cities if if we don't have a car? Yes. So this is my very favorite part of the region. They have the most incredible public transportation system. And for $42, you get a seven-day unlimited pass that is good on all local trains, buses, some of the funicular cable cars, and they have an incredible website that is in English and very easy to use, very accurate. 
You just plug in where you are and where you want to go and when you want to go. And it just gives you the information you need. And it's a great price. And it's very, very easy to use. It covers the region pretty extensively. Now, granted, there are more adventurous people who do want to rent a car. And this is an area that many people do. But, you know, in my case, I'm there a lot in the winter. I don't feel comfortable driving in the U.S. when there's snow and ice on the road. So I'm not going to drive in a foreign country in the winter. But some people are more adventurous and and you can do that as well. And that certainly will get you to even more remote places. But the bus system is pretty extensive as long as you just have a little bit of patience and give yourself a little extra time. Fantastic. And what was the name of that website that, that shows all the, the different routes of the train? It's uh, South Tyrol Mobile. It's a South Tyrol Mobile card. Okay, perfect. We'll, we'll definitely look for that and we'll add that to the show notes. So that way, if anybody's interested, they can find that pretty easily. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful, wonderful system. Okay. And so obviously we, we have our way around now and everything like that. As far as like where we would stay, are there some of the, the major brands like Marriott and Hilton and those type of things? Or is it more of like uh, like boutique and local type of hotels and, and restaurants and, and bed and breakfast type of thing? Definitely a little more on the local family owned, and that's where you're going to get the richest experience. I was going to say there are no big chains in Bolzano, but guess what? I was wrong. Um, There is a Marriott that has opened. It's a, a four star, four square, one of these. But anyway, so there is technically a Marriott. It is not in the old town. I don't recommend it. Use your Marriott points in Munich and Venice or Milan or your Hyatt or Hilton points. Yeah, like you said, that that way, use your points for like maybe your overnight stay after you know, you're know you kind of coming off your jet lag. Absolutely. And then like you said, you stay at those local bed and breakfast or boutique type of properties that are going to get that more local experience in Bolzano. Yep. My, my very favorite resource to use is to stay in an agriturismo or, or a farm stay, a homestay. And there is a website called Rotterhan, which is Red Hen. And um, there you will find really amazing, beautiful private apartments and beautiful places to stay that are on like working farms. But then also in town, there's some wonderful family owned places and um, Hotel Fature is one that is in the old town of Bolzano. If you're traveling in the summer, I really recommend um, staying at a property that has an outdoor swimming pool because it can get pretty hot in the summer. So um, Park Hotel Lauren is a great splurge if um, you're there in the summer. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, love being able to hit the, hit the pool, especially when my kids are around and everything like that, kind of burn off some of that energy. Okay. So we have some different hotel options and everything. Now, as far as you know, the things we should be doing while we're there in um, in Balzano. Obviously, we have the Christmas markets, and I want I want to dive into that. But also for people that are there just kind of throughout the year, because obviously Christmas time and the Christmas markets are in the winter. What are some of the other things to do in the area that are, are more year round attractions? Sure. So one of the things I did want to add with the hotels is my very favorite place to stay in Bolzano is actually in Sopra Bolzano, which means above Bolzano. In German, it's called Oberbosen. And from the train station in Bolzano, there is a cable car 
that goes up over 3,000 feet to this high plateau of Sopra Bolzano. And it's really beautiful up there. I mean, you're just going to be, you're going to have beautiful views of the mountains. This It's just brighter in your higher elevation. The air is cleaner and cooler. And there's a wonderful place up there, um, Hofferbauer, where I have um, stayed before. And it's a, a working farm and they have these beautiful apartments. And then there's a gorgeous um, historic hotel called the Park Hotel Holzner. And I love this area. And this area is a beautiful place to go and hike and explore. There's a train system up there that is included with your mobile card that you get to ride for free. And then you can go to the top of this mountain um, and do hiking. And you can do this hiking year round. There's even in the winter, they groom a trail that you can do winter walking and have incredible panoramic views of the Alps and the Dolomites. And it's just a magical, magical area. But in town, there's always all kinds of festivals year round. In the fall, there's harvest festivals and wine festivals, chestnut festivals. In the spring, there's um, festivals around Easter and flowers and the blossoms. In the summer, there's a famous jazz festival. And then, of course, you know, my very favorite is the Christmas markets. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think it's it's helpful for people that are planning their trip. And, you know, like me, I have, I have kids and during the school year, it's obviously hard to get away and those type of things. So summertime is a great time, you know, spring break, fall break and Christmas, you know, those are kind of like those heavily, you know, heavy travel days that uh, you're going to plan your trip around. Okay. So in town, some of the things that I saw that seem really interesting, there's South Tyrol uh, Music of Archaeology. There's actually a 5,300-year-old mummy there. That's really cool. That's right. Utsi. Utsi the Iceman. It is a pretty impressive and incredible story, and they have an amazing exhibit. My son and I just had the opportunity to spend some time there. So in 1991, two hikers discovered this artifact, this person who was mummified. And they had no idea at the time when they discovered him how significant it would be in revealing, uh, like, you know, that he would be over three, uh, over 5,000 years old. He was preserved with his tools, with his clothing, and they continue to do all this amazing research, like on his DNA and trying to figure out the mystery of who he was and where was he going and what was life like in this Neolithic age. And it is pretty incredible for, for everyone to experience this, this story in this museum. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I mean, because when I travel with my kids, like as much as I want them to have fun, but I also want them to be able to learn. And this way, maybe if, especially if I'm traveling during the school year, then I get a little bit of a pass from the teachers because you know we're, we're trying to do some educational things on our trips. And so it's really interesting to be able to see that. There's also, which also I, I thought was really cool. There's thermal baths that whether you're there in the in the summertime or during the wintertime, it's great to be able to take a dip and just relax and. And it's almost like a, like a, a natural hot tub, right? Absolutely. I have not actually experienced this myself, but I mean, I just think this is part of the, the the medieval village and having this culture of just these things have been preserved and they're just ancient and pretty incredible to experience. For sure. And then uh, I saw there's another museum that, that seemed really interesting, the, the Messner Mountain Museum. 
Yes. Because obviously you're you're near the Alps, so there's a lot of mountaineering going on. All the mountaineering, that. and again, and there and the castles. There are so many well preserved castles in this region. I've been told there are over 800 castles. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's definitely a place to explore a lot of castles. That's awesome. So I think we've we've held off the audience a little bit, maybe a little too much. But <laughs> so now it's time to talk about the Christmas markets because I know that's something that that we're both interested in, and I'm sure the listeners are as well. So let's talk about the the Christmas markets because it's not just in Bolzano, but it's throughout the region. There's a lot of different Christmas markets available, right? True. Almost every town actually offers their own unique Christmas market. And Bolzano is the largest Christmas market in South Tyrol, and it's a great place to start. But my true heart and passion goes to the smaller, more unique Christmas markets. For example, there is a town going into the mountains about 45 minutes outside of Bolzano called Lake Caressa, or Caressi in German. And uh, they, in the middle of nowhere, in the forest, they create a special magical Christmas market. And it's only open on the weekends, and it can actually get a little bit crowded with logistics of traffic and whatnot. But it's incredible that in the middle of nature and in the woods that they create this magical space. And it's just lit and with all these incredible lights. And then there are artisans there doing wood carving. You can have hot mulled wine and all different foods. And there are vendors selling unique handmade artisan gifts. And in addition to that, in Sopra Bolzano, they do a special Christmas market. And that one, again, is only on weekends. But same thing, like you'll, you'll just have these unique experiences. It's going to be very different than the bigger Christmas markets. Murano has a beautiful, is a beautiful uh, thermal bath kind of town, and they have a wonderful Christmas market. Lana is a town outside of Murano that also is famous for winemaking and apple orchards, and they do a very incredible market. Just to the north of Bolzano, there is a town called Cusa, also in Clausen in German, and it's a medieval village, and on the weekends, they create a unique market. To the town north of that, we've got Brixen, Bresinone in Italian. That's a Christmas market where they even have like this special light show that they project on the building and it's done to music and it's very beautifully done and very unique. You'll just find that at each of these markets, there's a little bit of a different spirit and a different feeling. The, the common thread is the same. You're going to have booths and vendors and you're going to have food and you're going to have merchandise for sale, but yet they're all going to vary just slightly in, the, in what food they offer and um, the different products that are sold and available. Well, for sure. I think you know, every local city or, or town is putting their own little like stamp and personalization on exactly. things. Exactly. So if people are really interested in attending one of these Christmas markets, obviously, you know, you're thinking of December is like the, the hot and heavy time for that. But when do the Christmas markets generally open? And then when do they run through? Because 
like, again, like if I have kids and I don't want to go there the first two weeks of December because my kids are trying to finish up, you know, their grades and everything for that semester. So when do they start? And then when do they end? If I want to plan my trip to be able to come out there and, and experience it. Sure. So basically it's the four weeks before Christmas. It would typically that end that begins the weekend, um, around Thanksgiving or the end of November. And the one nice thing is in Germany, Christmas markets usually end around December 23rd, December 24th, the latest, which makes it difficult if you want to travel during Christmas break. But in Italy, most of these Christmas markets actually run through January 6th. Oh, okay. That's great. Which is epiphany. Yep, exactly. So it is nice to have that extra time. And as I did mention, many of them are daily markets and that they're open every day. But some of the more unique ones, the ones that are in castles and remote lakes, often are weekends only. So I do really recommend if you can plan your trip to have two weekends to bookend your your trip. That would be optimal. That makes a lot of sense. And, and I'm glad to know that, one, I'm kind of bummed, I guess, as far as like the German ones ending right before Christmas because it's hard to get away. But it's good to know that the the Italian ones are open so that way I can take really take advantage of that that Christmas break that we get to be able to experience as much of that as possible. Now, you mentioned earlier about Krampus. What is Krampus and like how does that affect with like the Christmas markets? And, and also for those of us with the younger children, the pictures I saw, it is a little scary. I'm just going to put that out there right now. <laughs> Absolutely. The Krampus can actually be quite terrifying. But it's also magical and unique. So the Krampus is this alpine tradition. It dates back. There's a lot of controversy as to how far it really dates back. So with the tradition of celebrating St. Nicholas Day on December 6th, December 5th is referred to as Krampusnacht. And the Krampus accompanies St. Nicholas, who is there to reward good children. The Krampus is there to scare bad children and to remind children to be good. Or the Krampus will throw you in his sack, take you away to his lair and eat you. So <laughs> um, so the Krampus is a definitely a scary concept. And I think going back to pagan times, it was there to beat the evil out of you. So with that said, the Krampus experiences do vary. And there are many more family-friendly Krampus events. And then I have seen Krampus events that can uh, get a little nuts. And um, you definitely don't want to be a teenage boy provoking a Krampus and pulling on a costume <laughs> because uh, that's those are the, the videos you will see of a, a Krampus kind of going a little crazy in a scary way. Oh, sure. I mean, you were recording this right around Halloween. And the pictures I've seen of, of Krampus, like, it rivals pretty much any of the scariest things I've seen around Halloween if you get the if you get the wrong one. It's true. Um, so the way it works, so in these alpine villages, there are clubs that form and they work all year on creating a costume. The masks are carved from wood. They're fur of real goats and horns and they work on these elaborate costumes. It costs thousands of dollars they, they weigh 30 pounds to wear these costumes and they're quite elaborate and they're quite beautiful and intricate. So it's, it's a really neat tradition that is pretty amazing to be a part of. 
That is so cool. But I also sometimes think of it as like riding a roller coaster. Like, you know, it's like you're just like really terrified, but then afterwards you're just like, oh my God, that was so cool. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, you know, obviously you know that it's not real and everything like that. Like I watch some of the zombie shows and everything. Okay. Yeah. Zombies aren't, aren't real. You know, there's a character behind the, behind the mask and everything. True. And, and I have really witnessed some, some lovely tender moments with the Krampus being very kind to children. Like they're really not looking out to scare children. And for the most part, I mean, I think, you know, <laughs> sometimes the, the person behind the Krampus could be like a drunk teenage boy and, you know, might be a little more impulsive. But for the most part, I think I, I see a lot of tenderness and kindness behind the Krampuses these days. But I, I do think there are people in Austria and Germany and who would say, oh, no, 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 you are wrong. And, you know, they were <laughs> terrified as children and had really bad experiences. But I feel like in, in contemporary Krampus is, is a little more mellow. Sure. Well, we only got a couple minutes left, but, uh, and I don't want to miss out about the food. I know we talked a little bit about the Christmas markets and like part of the experience of, of that is sampling some of, some of the local delicacies and everything. Like what are some of like the, the foods that we cannot miss while we're there visiting the South Tyrol uh, region? Okay. Uh, there are so many. I mean, the, let's first start with the wine. The wine of the region is absolutely incredible and you have to partake in the wine. One of the number one things that I love is called Kaiserschmarm. It is basically a very delicious pancake that is fried in butter and chopped up into pieces and it's served with jam and raisins and it's absolutely delicious. They have these spinach knodles, and I might not be pronouncing that quite correctly, but they're um, spinach and bread dumplings. And they're often served with like a gorgonzola cream sauce or a brown butter sauce. And there's all different flavors of these um, bread dumplings that are absolutely delicious. These amazing ravioli called schlutzkropfen, and they're uh, spinach and cheese filled ravioli with brown butter. One of my very favorite things that I've discovered only in this region are these crispy potato puffs. They're called kartoffelblatten, and they're served with sauerkraut. And they're just really unique because it's not a French fry. It's like a little more of like a potato crepe. It's like a little puff, and it's salty, and it's really delicious. There's endless amounts of um, ham. This region is very famous for ham production. They have um, speck of Alto Adige. Oh, and then the other thing that I should just mention is in almost all of these family-run hotels or the agritourismos, you're going to get the best breakfast ever, including like all these beautiful homemade breads and yogurts from the farm and really delicious eggs that have like bright orange yolks and really good breakfasts. Oh, that's amazing. Now, if we want to, if we want to sample some of these delicacies that you can really only find in this area, are there any restaurants that you'd recommend for that? Obviously, we're going to get some of it at some of the stalls at, at the Christmas markets, but are there any re restaurants that you recommend that we can go and get that authentic experience? Sure. I have two that I would recommend. One is a little more um, a value budget restaurant, which is kind of what I love best. 
there's an amazing uh, old brew pub called Batson, and it's in Old Town, Boltano. And they specialize with craft beer, but they have an expansive menu of both traditional and modern foods. You can get your traditional pork knuckle there, or you could also get a cheeseburger and french fries there. For a splurge and a little more fine dining, there's an amazing restaurant called Worthouse Vogel, and that is also in Old Town Bolzano. And there you're going to have finely prepared schnitzel and dumplings and homemade pasta and an amazing selection of wines from the region. That sounds awesome. And like you said, choosing one of these local hotels, kind of bed and breakfast type of properties you're going to get breakfast covered. And so when you're kind of budgeting out your trip, know that your breakfast is kind of taken care of already as part of like your your stay versus if you're staying at the Marriott and you're spending money on breakfast every day. Absolutely. It really does help to keep the cost down. Right on. Well, well, Keisha, I really appreciate you sharing all these amazing tips for, for Bolzano. I, I want to keep talking and learning all about the Christmas markets because I'm imagining being there myself uh, as we're talking about it. But now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Balzano, where should they go and what should they eat? Well, if you're not eating at Worthouse Vogel that we just discussed, I'd say that you have to go to this hot dog stand. It's a it's a Wurstel cart which uh, sells sausages, and it is really amazing. And it is in the it doesn't even have a proper name. It is right at the Piazza della Arabe. And it's right at the fountain. I'm going to send you a picture so that people can find it. But it it is the place to go. And it you can have an authentic homemade sausage. They have a bunch of different ones. And some are with sauerkraut. They have different mustards and ketchups and rolls. And it is absolutely delicious. I love it. Plus, my kids are all about the hot dogs and everything. <laughs> Anyways, and this way also you can eat as you're continuing to explore and experience the city. Like you said that, you know, you live here in the U.S., uh, you travel there quite often for personal as well as business reasons. Uh, so I'm sure you have a lot of great stories from, from visiting the South Tyrol region. Which one are your most memorable? Well, definitely, um, I think the any encounter with the Krampus, but especially when you can experience snow in the region. And that is one of the things I love best about this region is it's a generally a higher elevation and just the way it's in the valley of the mountains with global warming, you never know if you're going to get snow. But when you get that winter magic at a Christmas market, the snow makes it incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Because I was just thinking about, you know, as far as like snow and everything, that Sometimes early December is kind of like an awkward time, whether you're going to get snow, rain, or just a warm day, right? Absolutely. Versus as you get closer to Christmas, you're going to get more and more of that that colder weather. Yeah. So that I, I have actually specifically started to focus on elevation when I'm researching Christmas markets because I really want to make sure that I can try to get that snow experience if possible because it, a rainy Christmas market's just not very fun. Yeah, nobody likes to be soggy. No. (laughs) Well, speaking of uh, good times and happy memories, uh, where's the happiest happy hour in Bolzano? Uh, Very easy. That would be uh, Fishbanka, which was historically the fish market in Bolzano. And aperitivo is a very big deal in Europe. Bars always offer complimentary snacks. Fishbanka is uh, a wonderful place. There's another place, if you love wine, called Banco Undici, which 
is 11, Banco 11. And then, of course, Batson, where I mentioned, is the brew pub that does all the beer. I was going to mention that if you are a fan of the Aperol Spritz in South Tyrol, the very famous Spritz is called the Hugo. H-U-G-O, or Ugo, and that is um, an elderflower syrup with mint with a little Prosecco and soda water, and it's quite popular in this region. Oh, that sounds delicious. I'm, <laughs> I'm just, uh, my mouth's watering. I haven't had breakfast or lunch yet, so I'm kind of starving and hearing about all these things. It's uh, making my mouth water for sure. So going into the next question is, uh, what's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Bolzano? Well, that's an easy one. Again, we're in Italy, and it does combine the best of Italian food with German food. My very favorite is, I had mentioned this town before, just north of Bolzano is a town called Cusa, also called Klausen in German. There's a pizza restaurant in the hotel there, uh, the Hotel Walther von der Vogelweide. They make an incredible pepperoni pizza. But what I get there is called the Diavla, and it translates to devil's pizza. And it's kind of a spicy soppressata that they put on the pizza. And personally, I always like a little something green on it, and I usually get arugula added. But there's also a pizza place in Murano that I think was exceptional. This place also makes the best Kaiserschmarm. Uh, which is, remember, the pancake dish for dessert. And in Murano, I would recommend Mosul. It's spelled M-O-S-L, pizzeria in Murano. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I learned when I went to, to Italy that for the first time that if you order pepperoni pizza, they actually bring out a pizza with little these little peppers on it versus right, the, pepperoni exactly. that, the pepperoni we're used to here in the US. And so, yeah, the Diavola is uh, what I learned is that's like their version of a pepperoni. Yep. It's very good. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I know like we talked about that you you run tours and we're going to talk about that in a, in a second as far as uh, a little bit more about your business. But with all your travel back and forth for personal and business, as well as running these tours, I'm sure you have some great travel tips. What's one of your best? Okay. So this is a weird thing that I do. I'm always a little anxious on my transition days when I'm arriving in a train station in a new city and I've got to go find my hotel. I actually am a bit of a, a weirdo with maps and I will go into Google Maps and I will go into Street View and I will preview the walk from the train station to my hotel and practice that walk in advance so that when I arrive at a train station, I actually have a sense of where I'm going. And it really helps to reduce the stress because I think, you know, when you're in a train station, you're paranoid about pickpockets, you're, you know, you don't want to be taking out your phone and looking confused. And it's just really helpful to have that confidence of, okay, I need to go out this exit and I'm going to, and then like you just have little landmarks of in your mind of, okay, there's that hotel on the corner or there's a Burger King, you know, like you'll just know it's like, okay, I'm going the right way. And then usually when I'm about a block or two from the train station, I might quickly pull out my phone and just double check and be like, okay, am I on the right track? And I usually am. And that investment really pays off. The other thing I would just say specifically about traveling to South Tyrol is it is really confusing. 
to have every town with a German and an Italian name. So the more you can just familiarize yourself with those names in advance, it just will help a lot more when you're there. No, that that's a uh, excellent tips. I love the idea of, of getting that preview. You know, you don't want to stand out as the tourist, you know, as you're exactly. walking around and everything. And you don't want to be staring at your phone because one, you want to be able to enjoy things, but also you don't want to be seen as a target. And so having that mental view of where you need to go makes things so much easier. That's awesome. I love it. Keisha, I know we were talking about uh, about your business. We kind of hinted at it throughout the episode. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So I guess I would call myself a travel enthusiast. I'm based in Portland, Oregon. And uh, because of my passion of going to Christmas markets year after year and having this passion about the Krampus, I started a business called Krampus Curious. I'm offering services that I do itinerary and trip planning, and I also lead tours. That's fantastic. So uh, if somebody has questions about about your tours, about the South Tyrol region, uh, or anything else, what's the best way to reach you on social media? Yep. So um, on social media, you can reach me at Keisha Welt or um, at Krampus Curious, and that's K-R-A-M-P-U-S, and then Curious with a C, C-U-R-I-O-U-S. Well, fantastic. Well, we'll definitely include links to all those in the show notes. It's been great talking to you. I learned so much, and uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to be planning a trip. Yeah, I hope so. I'd love to help you. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, well, uh, we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Thank you, Lee. I appreciate you having me on the show. What an awesome conversation with Keisha. I'd love to take one of her tours to explore the South Tyrol region, learn about Krampus, and enjoy all the Christmas markets. You can find all the links we talked about and our one-page guide to Keisha's tips at wetravelthere.com forward slash Bolzano. We want to say thank you to Acorns for being today's affiliate partner. With Acorns, you can invest spare change automatically on every purchase that you make. Plus, you can earn found money by shopping at participating retailers. This is a great way to easily build up your travel fund. For a limited time, when you sign up at wetravelthere.com forward slash Acorns, we'll both earn $5. Join us next time as we speak with my new friend, Kayla Erig of writingfromnowhere.com. In this episode, Kayla and I talk about exploring the Groninger Museum, visiting the Martini Tower, and taking a ride in the city's canal. We'll be joining us when we travel there. I love hearing your feedback about the show. Send me a tweet at WeTravelThere or email me at wetravelthere.com forward slash contact to share your thoughts. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations. 